Welcome to Mason Jars, the official podcast of MasonJars.com. I'm Karen Rusbecki, the president of Mason Jars Company, makers of Recap and the MasonJars.com marketplace. We're headquartered in Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm here to talk with makers, educators, and industry experts dedicated to their trade. Let's hear their story. Well, hi, Melody. Welcome to Mason Jar Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So you're the founder of Revival Homestead Supply. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So um, currently, <laughs> um, the Revival Homestead Supply um, makes DIY kits. Um, we currently have six and we're working on two more that are going to be coming out soon. Um, <clears throat> and they're, you know, kind of focus on all natural products um, and fermented food items. Um, so we've got a lip balm kit, candle kit, lotion kit, um, sprouting kombucha and milk kefir. I was so excited to get you as a seller on masonjars.com uh, and wholesalery.com because we, uh, we make some products, uh, tools really for um, fermenting, but we don't have the cultures and the um, a lot of the full kits like you're talking about. So I love that. Um, what what would you say is your your most popular product? Uh, definitely the lip balm kit is our is our number one. That that was kind of where it started. You know, I um, before we were you know just the kits and wholesale and online. Um, I actually I used to have a storefront. Um, here in Massachusetts, and um, and the kits kind of came about based on what my customers who walked in wanted and what projects they were working on or were interested in. And lip balm was the first one that jumped out as like I had a bunch of people coming in who wanted to make lip balm, and um, and so I kind of put these kits together um, to have an easy way to to sell them the project. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so would you say the, one of the most popular things for using the lip balm kit is like parties for, um, I, I don't know, would it be for showers? Would it be for kids? Um, yeah, I, it's definitely been popular as like a gift for, you know, older kids and tweens. It's pretty popular. Um, and just, you know, a lot of kind of 20 somethings who just like crafting and want to make stuff, um, it's definitely a popular, all, all of the kits are popular as gifts. Um, and, you know, I think uh, people are often drawn to our kits in particular because of the packaging. You know, I, um, I studied art and I, I make all the packaging myself. And um, a big focus of mine is just, you know, making something that looks great on the shelf, that looks really cute, that kind of draws people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, somebody on the team was just mentioning we were we were talking about you as we're getting ready for this podcast, and somebody said I I love her kits, I love her packaging, um, your design. It's uh, so so it's definitely recognized, and I I would say that like kits like that, what's so great is you have all the supplies there, right? So people don't have to go out and buy a lot of something when they're just trying it, they don't know if they're, if this is going to be something they want to continue doing or if they want to do it just the first time. What tell, tell us about the pro the what's in the kit. Let's say the lip balm kit. What do you, what do you do? How do you make that? Sure. So um, the lip balm kit is um, coconut oil, shea wax, 
shea shea butter and beeswax and um and i think part of what what made that the first kit and like the most obvious choice for me was because you know a a tube of lip balm is really a very small amount of stuff and so they're they're really pretty small quantities of the coconut oil beeswax and shea butter and so you know as a store you know i was like and the kit makes 10 10 tubes and it's you know all in all um about um, an ounce and a half of of oils and waxes that go together. Um, so, you know, when I first started the store and like people wanted to do lip balm is either I was selling them enough um, oils to make, you know, a hundred tubes of lip balm, or I was, you know, dosing out tiny little amounts of, of oils. So, um, so the kit really made so much sense just to like package up those, um, those oils in, and also, you know, lip balm is because it's such a small amount of um, of oils for a tube. It's it can be finicky in terms of like getting just exactly the right ratio. Um, so having those pre, you know, pre measured was really helpful for people who are just getting into it. That's nice. So you had a retail store. Uh, you no longer have one. Um, we we ended up closing the store, and originally, um, I mean, it's kind of a complicated story, but. Um, yeah, we we originally closed the store because um, my my daughter, who was one at the time, um, was with me all day at the shop all the time, and um, and she actually she tested high for um, lead from like the the storefront was the source of of the lead, mm. and so um, yeah, so originally we were looking to move, and and then we just never really found a space that worked for us, and. Um, and then I kind of realized as I was, you know, I was selling wholesale in the meantime and I was like, wow, I'm working a lot less and like making more money because I don't have all this overhead. Um, so it just kind of transitioned into online only because it was, um, financially made so much more sense. Oh, for sure. And then since the pandemic, it was a no brainer, I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of people, yeah, don't. We, were, we were all set up for the pandemic. It felt kind <laughs> of, <laughs> it, yeah, we were like ready to go. And it, the pandemic was actually fantastic for business. Yeah. A lot of people started uh, buying online and, um, a kind of a resurgence in natural products, which is, um, mm-hmm. obviously right up your alley. Uh, what was the most surprising thing for you during the pandemic? Cause I know at first when it, ha- when, when things started shutting down at first, we were like, obviously like everybody, oh no, you know, what's going to happen. And then really within two to three weeks, it became, oh wow, this is, this is actually pretty good for direct to consumer anyway. (laughs) Yeah. That, um, April was, um, you know, like I, I had fewer sales to stores, but, um, my direct to consumer sales, that April just like exploded. I sold, you know, probably three times as I much as I had any other Christmas month. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were, were people starting to get into making uh, kombucha then and kefir and anything, you know, some of the other yeah. products that you have? Yeah, they, they were all selling well. Uh, that's, that's great. Do you make your own cultures then? Uh, do, do you have like a little... Uh, mother hotel. <laughs> I do. Yeah. You know, cause I started out, obviously I had to get them from somewhere. So, um, I, I had originally purchased the cultures and 
when I had the store, I was, you know, I was brewing them just to keep up with, you know, I was teaching regularly, um, teaching classes on how to make all these things. So I was, I was brewing and I was um, just keeping my, my cultures active for, for my classes. And, um, and then, you know, they just kept growing. So, so I started selling them and um, yeah, and I just keeping it going. They yeah. keep growing. Do you still do the classes? Um, I don't do the classes um, currently. I've considered, you know, doing them again. But, um, you know, my storefront had like, I had like a classroom space in my storefront. Oh. Um, and I, I haven't really had a great classroom space since then. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, right. And then do you do you need to have a licensed kitchen to sell the cultures? Um, no. Technically, just because the cultures aren't um, like uh, the an edible, um, yeah, you know, like you don't eat the cultures itself. Um, it's kind of a, you know, I had um, I'd inquired with like the um, local health director, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird little. There there aren't really any rules about it because mm-hmm. it's not not something you actually eat. It's more like um, I don't know. It's not even like a spice. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you anyway, get, a, you get a pass on that, which is great. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah not, it, make, it certainly makes things easier for me. <laughs> sure. Sure. Not like it's, it's not, um, a threshold that you can't go through, but if you don't have to, you know, I guess why, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. How did you get into this? Because it sounds like you, you know, started really as an educator, um, or probably a yeah. hobby, which turned to education. Tell, tell us about how that happened. Sure. So um, my my degree is in art education, and um, when I when I graduated college, I you know I started looking for jobs teaching art, and um, I was living in New York City at the time, and there was there were like no openings for for art teachers. You know, everyone was kind of downsizing their art departments and. So I, I had to figure out something else. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I was doing a lot of kind of little odd jobs, kind of piecing things together. And um, I also, part of my, um, what got me into the homesteading stuff, as opposed to just art, was um, I read The Omnivore's Dilemma. <laughs> and, you know, it just, it totally blew my mind. And um, I went to work on a farm for a summer and, you know, started getting really into um, fermenting. I also read, um, a friend lent me um, Wild Fermentation by Sandor Katz. And, right. you know, I had never really eaten any fermented foods, but I was so fascinated about by the like science and process of it that I just started making fermented foods and um, was occasionally afraid to even try eating what I made. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know, I got there eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got, I got really into... Um, the kind of food stuff. And then I, I ended up moving up here to Western Mass because I was attempting to garden in Brooklyn and it was not working. And <laughs> um, so I moved up here and had some more space and started gardening and got chickens and like to, you know, did the whole thing. Yeah. Whole homesteading <laughs> and, thing. Um, yeah. And, um, and I met my husband here and we had similar interests and um, yeah, we just kind of started brainstorming ideas. He had always um, kind of been interested in starting a business. And, um, so we, you know, we would just talk about business ideas and, um, and it just kind of grew out of that. Oh, that's nice. Now, does he ferment, uh, beer? Um, we, we've dabbled in beer, um, 
although we've never really um we've never really committed to it <laughs> yeah yeah what's your favorite thing to ferment um i find that uh, kind of like the general public the the most popular is sauerkraut yeah sauerkraut is a, is an easy way in um personally i prefer kimchi over sauerkraut it's mm-hmm. a little more interesting right, right. <laughs> flavor wise yeah um and, but personally, I'm I'm like so obsessed with milk kefir. It's like you can use it in so many ways. And, you know, it. a lot of people don't know what it is or um, haven't really considered making it. You know, I think the way that it's sold in the store is, you know, it's just kind of like a yogurt smoothie. Um, and I feel like when you make it yourself, first of all, it um, the probiotic um, capacity is so much larger than um, than the kefir that you buy at the store. Uh, plus it, it doesn't have all the added sugar and flavors um, that you usually find. And, you know, you can use the culture to ferment um, all kinds of milks. You know, um, you can, you have to kind of go back to dairy milk, but you can, um, coconut milk is one of my favorites. I'll like go back and forth between um, dairy milk and coconut milk. Um, sometimes I culture cream and make sour cream or butter and, you know, you can use the kefir as like buttermilk in baking recipes and you can use it in dressings. There are just like so many different ways to use it um, that makes the the fact that you have to like keep that culture going and you have to keep brewing. Um, it makes it more feel more manageable because there are so many different ways to use it. Yeah, you, d- you definitely need to find those alternatives because it's it stacks up quickly. Um, I used to, I used to make it. I, I made the milk and I made the water type. And um, it's so funny when you when you grow the cultures to be you know really big and fluffy and they're gorgeous and you want to keep them going, but you know you're getting so much product that you can never never you know drink or eat it. It's um, it was hard for me because I know you can you can then put them away and and get have a hiatus right. Um, so there which is a great thing because, and I've, I've heard you can even like freeze them. So if you want to uh, really go away or take, you know, take a few months off, you can put it on yeah. pause, which is nice yeah. with, with me. I, I made so much. It was, it was really stacking up and I, um, I used my, I put mine in a Mason jar and I had a, had a system and one day it slipped out of my hands onto a tile floor and, and, and actually mason jars, most of the time, if you do that, a mason jar won't break. But in this yeah. case, it must have hit just right. And, and it s- splattered all over. And I'm, you know what I thought? I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> but, but that's just me because I had, I had so much. Um, I, yeah. think, I think it's great for uh, what I ended up finding out is I'm really not a fan of milk. <laughs> So <laughs> if you're not a fan of milk, don't do the milk, uh, kefir, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, my family and I are really big on dairy. <laughs> okay. You, you have to be. And then, yeah, right. Exactly. So, and, and if you are, it, what a great thing to do because it's so much easier than yogurt. Right. And, yeah. and when you go to the store and buy this, it is, it is expensive. So yeah. Yeah. If you're somebody that, who, who actually, you know, drinks that every day so easy to make it yourself so easy yeah and I um and you know I've been able to what I do most often is I'll make smoothies out of it and um 
give them to my kids and <laughs> is, you know, like they won't, they won't touch it on its own, but if I hide it in fruit and some maple syrup or something, mm, yum. <laughs> get, get them to have some probiotics. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. So, so you have chickens, then do you have cows as well? Um, or are you near a dairy farm? Um, I don't have cows myself. I've always wanted to have cows, but we don't have quite enough space for that. <laughs> um, but we do have a lot of local dairy farms that um, I often, you know, go to the go to the farm store and get some raw milk. Um, and, you know, I mean, we have like the the network in this area. I live in Western Mass and it's just, it's a very um, supportive community of, um, you know, there are tons of farms around here and a lot of places to buy farm fresh products. Um, you know, there's a food co-op just down the street that um, where I can get all sorts of local dairy and other produce. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, regarding the supplies for your for your products that you sell, did you have any trouble sourcing things um, since the pandemic? And actually, even now, we're still um, I th- we're not out of the woods yet, you know, for, for some products. What, what's your experience been like? Definitely the jars were the hardest. Um, both the, you know, I use Mason jars for the sprout and kefir kits. And then I also use, um, like larger gallon jars for the kombucha kit. Um, both of those, um, got to be really hard to find. And I, you know, like every time I ordered, I had to like find another supplier cause you know, my, my regular supplier was out and then like, I found a new one and then my new supplier is out. <laughs> so I was just like kind of churning through suppliers and certainly with the, um, with the Mason jars, the price just like kept going up. I, um, at some point, you know, I was paying double normal price mm-hmm. um, for a case of Mason jars. Yeah. The prices are crazy. Um, I, I don't know. It feels like there's some speculation out there. I think some, some folks are buying them up and, and reselling it at, you know, 4X the, the cost. And one of the hardest things is uh, to get it are the lids, the canning lids themselves. I think the, um, I know that uh, Ball specifically said, you know, last year they shut it down. It was, you couldn't get anything, but they said they were working towards the 2021 production so that, you know, everybody would have enough for harvest. And now it's looking like that's not really the case. So um, people are having a hard time. That's interesting. Maybe because I, I um, so my sprout kit, I use the jars, but I don't, I, I it has like a sprouting lid. So mm-hmm. I, I take off the lid that comes with it. So I've got, I have like thousands of lids that I don't know what to do with. Oh, that's, that's good. Actually, what you should do is because we're doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. uh, recap. Uh, mason jars makes um, a set with a mason jar and the recap lid. And so mm-hmm. what we do is, so the lids are new, they're perfect. Yeah. Um, and so we uh, put them together and sell them on masonjars.com and they're selling actually really well. So if you, if you want to do the same thing, uh, go yeah. ahead and put the listing up and, and you can, we're putting them together in sets of 12 because that's what people are accustomed to. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly you can do, whatever set you want to. Um, but I, it, it's definitely worthwhile to do that because people are looking for them. Uh, they're not able to find them. And what you have is, a, you know, a, a new uh, canning lid that people do want. 
Yeah, I didn't realize they were, because I never have to look for them separately. I didn't realize they were in high demand. Mm -hmm. Good yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, I think you'll be able to um, certainly be able to sell them and people will be happy to get them. So what's up ahead for you? Um, so you mentioned a couple new products, I think you said you were working on. Um, what's that? Yeah, so I'm working on um, a beeswax candle kit. Um, our current candle kit is soy wax. Um, so I'm doing a beeswax version and then the other one, um, we're bringing in is a vegetable fermenting kit for sauerkraut, kimchi, pickles, that type of thing. Okay. So the, uh, do you all, are you, do you have an apiary? Do you have, a uh, any beehives or are you working with somebody locally? Um, no, I, so, um, I haven't figured out my beeswax source yet for it because, you know, I, I always, I buy beeswax, but I'll have, for this kit, I'll have to buy it in larger quantities. Um, there are local apiaries, although I don't know if any of them will be able to um, provide it at a cost-effective rate. Um, so we're, we're still kind of looking into how we'll, how we'll work the beeswax. Um, certainly, you know, in Massachusetts, um, you know, as, as in the whole kind of Northeast, every, everything's smaller here. <laughs> So, um, you know, the apiaries around here um, are great for, you know, getting small amounts, um, but they're all pretty small because the, you know, land plots are small. We don't have any like huge farms that can mm -hmm. really produce large amounts. Um, so we'll see. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> well, that's, that's nice, though, because um, the larger the farms, the more blended or, or maybe they even sell their honey and it's all blended with others yeah. that what's great about the small apiaries is the you know you're getting single source honey very unique mm -hmm. really 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 awesome it seems to me that the folks that have the the beeswax though it's more of a, a hassle for them to to mess with that they don't really um it's it's like a, just a secondary problem for them i don't think they really are into it yeah. to selling it yeah, the beeswax is a little harder to get out of the hive. And um, I, I know a lot of the um, local beekeepers will will use what they do have for value-added products, like making their own candles. That, right. um, that seems to be better, um, yeah, make more sense for them financially. So did you perfect like your own uh, recipe method for the, the soy and then the, the beeswax candles? Yeah, and... You know, I'm actually I'm still kind of going back to when I was teaching at the storefront. You know, I, I taught classes on making beeswax candles. Um, and so I, I have, you know, I have all of my like handouts. I have all of the, you know, I created these recipes years ago and all of the procedures. And um, yeah, I haven't been using them. So I thought, why not? You know, and personally, I love a beeswax candle more than the soy wax they're you know you don't have to worry about scenting them because they have this amazing scent all on their own yeah amazing scent just a yeah it's beautiful um i love it too and it's i, I don't like an, a scented candle myself um the beeswax is just a beautiful on its own that's nice yeah. do you um and so when you when you put those kits together um, and since you already have your formula, how many does it make in a, in a kit? Do you expect three, ki uh, three candles? Okay. That's a nice, yeah, that'd be good to either do individually or to do, you know, with friends to, to, cause sometimes it's fun to, 
to try something new with with other people. Yeah, definitely. So um, do you think you'll have this done for the holidays? That's my hope. <laughs> if I can get it together. Yeah, that that would be great. Good, good. Um, do you do you feel like you have enough time to to go back to your roots for educating or you're you're happy doing what you're doing and Oh, time. Um, <laughs> you know, I also have two young children. Um, my my kids are five and three, so time is um, is my most valuable asset. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I, <laughs> and I did. I recently um, hired a couple employees that I'm hoping will um, will make things less stressful and smoother. Um, and yeah, I you know, I'm also. Um, So I kind of did entrepreneurship backwards. I like when I opened the store, right. I just went, I like, I I didn't really have any savings. I just like went all in um, from the get go. And, um, and then, you know, those, those first few years were really hard because I, you know, I was working full time and not really making any money. And, um, and then after, after the store closed um, and my, my youngest was old enough to go to preschool or daycare. Um, I, we decided that like, I needed a more reliable income. Um, so I'm actually, I'm, you know, I'm doing revival and I'm also, um, I'm also an art teacher. <laughs> um, and, and I have, you know, I've got some employees who are keeping, um, the revival going while I'm teaching and, um, yeah, it's, I, I did it all backwards and, um, <laughs> but that, that gives you your, um, um, education outlet. So your art and education outlet yeah. that that really had yeah. fueled your passion to begin with. Um, yeah, because part part of why I went back to it was because you know at the time I was I was doing revival all by myself and it was very it was pretty lonely to just like fill orders by myself. Um, so yeah, so now I like I have that outlet, I have that interaction with people, and now you know it's it's allowed me to hire people at revival. So. Now, when I go to revival, I do have other people to bounce ideas off of and um, to, you know, delegate the more mundane tasks to that I don't want to do anymore. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the great part from when you start a company. Um, being able to hire people is always a it's a big responsibility and it can be a joy and it can be, you know, not as well. But <laughs> um, to be able to have somebody else um, like do the fulfillment. I remember. Um, I kept a day job when I had a, a, my first product and, um, it was stress. I traveled a lot and it was stressful making sure you get orders out on time, you know, and you have a lot going on, especially with kids. And, you know, so you'll be up at, you know, 11 o'clock midnight plus getting those orders out. And that's kind of not fun. (laughs) So. Yeah, it's, there was a, there was a period of time when I was um, like I was teaching and I had hired someone, but then she quit, and so I, there was like a gap when I was like teaching and filling orders for revival, and yeah, it's just like because when I'm teaching, you know, my mind is elsewhere, and then I would you know check my email at ten o'clock at night and I'm like, oh my god, I have an order that's supposed to go out by tomorrow, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's great to be able to partner either either do it in house or partner with somebody that can you know manage the fulfillment because it's um, it's a big responsibility. You want to make sure you have um, send things out timely. You have good customer service, but it 
it definitely takes attention and it's it's not the funnest part of the the job for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you're able to hire some folks and um, be able to grow that way plus plus do your your other thing. That's really that's really awesome. Um, what do you what do you see ahead for Revival Homestead? Uh, well, I'm, you know, now that I have these employees and I, I have someone who's dedicated to, you know, marketing and outreach, um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we'll be able to grow at a, at a faster rate and, you know, so I can kind of focus on doing the fun stuff like designing these new kits and, you know, that's my favorite part, like designing the labels and writing out the instructions and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, cause we've been, we've been kind of sitting at six kits for, a few years now. So, um, so now that I have this extra wiggle room, I'm, I'm hoping to help to, you know, move the business forward a little bit more rather than just trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And you're, and actually you're lucky you were able to pivot like this because there's a lot of folks that um, open retail shops and they don't have their own brand. So, right. They're all, they're reselling stuff. So they're, you're, you're buying, you know, your like stuff like yours and, uh, but they don't have their own brand and that allowed you to pivot. Um, I think the being in the retail world is really hard with the with the brick and mortar. And I don't know if uh, and obviously with the pandemic, it's it's been impacted a lot. Um, did your have your wholesale sales bounced back from from the pandemic, or do you th- do you think it's going to be just changed forever? Um, you know, I was I was expecting my wholesale um, sales to slow down more than they did. Um, and you know, it's this time of year is always a little bit slower for us. Um, kind of like spring, early summer. Um, and yeah, so things are a little bit slow right now, but you know, I mean, the holiday season was, um, just as, as fast as ever. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting things to, to feel fairly normal. Um, yeah, I was I was really expecting a, a bigger dip in in wholesale sales than than I had seen. But you know, maybe it's it's partially like that we're we're growing as a business, so maybe we kind of made up for the for the dip. Right, right, yeah. And um, yours is um, your category. It sounds like is more gift. So that's the biggest um, focus for you is to you know sell to the wholesalers that actually have either gift shops or um, might be even something worthy of, do you ever do anything with corporate gifts? That's um, another popular Um, one. Yeah, I do have, um, I sell through um, a company called Loop and Tie that um, they have a service where, um, you know, like a a corporation or whoever their customers are um, give like a gift and, and then the receiver gets to choose from, mm-hmm. you know, a selection. Um, so we, we sell a lot through them and a lot of those are corporate gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of companies doing that now. It's um, yeah. Great, great way to get in front of a lot of different companies for sure. All yeah. right. Well, thanks a lot for, for joining and sharing your story. Um, I really appreciate it. And I wish you a lot of luck on your new products that you have coming out. Thanks so much. Great.